The Say Something Podcast is brought to you by a AmomentWithMorris.com and BlackBlueprints.com. That's BlackBlueprints with a Z.com. I am Jermaine Morris here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axis. Please. That came out wrong. <laughs> Peace and blessings, family. Peace and blessings. We're bringing you the Say Something Podcast. Say something, say something, say something. Where we get together and talk about everything in the world and the life in, in these, these streets. streets. See, man, I'm, I'm off today, man. I think you got me late. Up too late, man. <laughs> my rest. I'm, I, I'm going to Chicago tomorrow or today. So I'm tired. And... But I'm focused. I'm Good focused. old Chi-Town. Yeah, hit up yeah. Geno's East. Get you a slice of that deep dish. I'm definitely going to go definitely do that. I'm going to hit this uh, spot called the Carnival. Go holler at my peoples in the Chi-Town and get down in Chirac. There you go. We get together talk about everything in the world as we uh, feel that not only myself and Barry, but subjects that we feel everybody should be saying something about. Definitely saying something. And we're bringing you episode 35. Kevin Durant. Hitting you with that Durantula. Hey, the Slim go. Reaper. I guess I'm, I, I'm keeping up with the, the number game. Yes. Hitting you with that Kevin Durant. That's episode 35. Getting up there. Yeah, we up there. We up there. I'm yeah. excited to see that we got our new, uh, I don't know, we don't want to call it, it's a logo. We got our new artwork. Artwork. Call artwork. And it's dope. Yeah, Brother Bowen's uh AKA on Instagram, uh, BB Sketch. Shots out to the young bull. Yeah, a brother out of Pennsylvania. Tremendous talent. Great artwork. Go check him out on Instagram. He's on Twitter at BB Sketch. Uh, he does custom work. You can even purchase some of the work he's already done, stuff that he's got in his gallery. Incredibly uh, talented to do. Incredibly yeah, he got talented. me looking buff. You know, less get you on the swole side of the game. Yeah, less graze. You know, I used to be kind of buff a little, little bit anyway. But, uh, you know, not there as much now, but you know, still got the shoulders a little bit. So, yeah, I was impressed. I was like, yeah, that's him. The funny thing about it, you would – it's always impressive to me to watch people create something that you in your own self are saying, there's no way you can make someone look like that on a piece of paper with yeah. a pen with a pencil, there's no way. But I, I get amazed every time. I also met a, a, a young artist um, at the Banana Festival in Stockton. Shouts out to everybody that came to the Banana Festival in Stockton. And I have to really, really say some of you Negroes are part of the problem because there was a lack of Negro support, but we won't talk about that today. But shouts out to everybody that came to the Stockton Banana Festival. We will be back next year. I met another young lady that does some great artwork, and she was showing her her stuff to me and I was like are you serious yeah. so when you hit me and said um, it's not even your birthday and I saw that I was like yo this shit is dope bro like honestly it's going to be a great marketing tool I can't wait to put it on shirts Yeah, can't wait to give them out and sell them at the same time yeah cause he's uh, and I, I give that talent cause this is it says, hey, he's based out of, out of Pennsylvania we're here in California so what he could do with photographs you know giving him pictures it's one thing if you're kind of standing in front of somebody and they can look at the nuances of Man. your face and the details and the lines and, and all that stuff. And that's a, that's a talent in itself. But to be able to just take pictures and take, you know, a half dozen different pictures of slightly different angles and come up with such a likeness. Uh, I, he's extreme, brother. Extremely talented, brother. Like I said, at BB Sketch online. Be sure to hit him up. Tell them uh, Jermaine and Barry sent you. He is the truth. Yes. Period. You know, so a lot been going on out here in the traffic out here in the world. Man, it's too much going on. There's always something going on nowadays. And something that kind of stuck out in my head is we, I saw that we were doing 35, and that's what made me think of Kevin Durant. Wow. And, you know, Kevin Durant's big claim to fame right now is the fact that how he, he left Oklahoma and went to Golden State to win a title. Yeah. And... He, he roasted publicly because everybody said, oh, you know, not even necessarily that you left Oklahoma, but who you went to. Yeah. That you let you went to the team that beat you. And his mentality was, is I went where the money was at, where the opportunity was there and the opportunity to win a ring. Yeah. Like, you know, that's what y'all talking about. You know, I got to do what's right for me. Can't be mad at somebody that's trying to make sure their legacy is cemented. Yeah. And the, you take over the past week where the, the same press, same Associated Press. Roasted Kyrie because he didn't want to play in Cleveland anymore. 
And it's a simple case of for whatever reason and for whatever reason, the different stories are going out. He was told that he was going to be traded, that they were trying. They tried to trade him actively several times since he'd been there, since they won the title. He had his regard to put in his feelings or whatever. He had a legitimate reason to him uh-huh. to want to leave. Uh-huh. Everybody's like, are you crazy? I want to play with LeBron anymore. Real enough to him. Uh-huh. So he wanted to go. Uh, and so we have different cases where people are saying, I'm a, I need to do what's best for me. Yeah. I need to pick my best situation. So when we look at that in the realm of sports, we kind of say, this is a dude taking control of his own career. He got bills to pay. He got kids to raise. He's, he's got to get his. So what happens, a question that posed in my head, and I'll, I'll shoot it to you, Barry. What happens now? Are, are we as a people remove sports? Are we now a people of free agents? Huh. People who don't recognize that it's a team we play for or an, or an organization that we represent, we see ourselves as individual free agents yeah. that we got bills to pay, we got kids to raise, we got things to do. So, yes, the struggle may be this, the big picture may be that, but I got to keep my lights on. Yeah. We pose that question all the time is, you know, be more like Martin or more Malcolm. Have we become a group of people who are more LeBron than Malcolm or Martin? Shit, we've become a people that's more Deion Sanders, primetime. Yeah. Right? You go from Atlanta to the Niners, then you go to the Cowboys, and then you go from the Cowboys to the Redskins. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Who, I'm a hired gun at this particular time. Then I go to the Ravens. Whoever has the money to, to, to hire me, <laughs> yeah. to, to support I'm going to do my thing, and I'm not going to think about a team. I'm going to think about an individual. But and when you look at sports, when you see, when we talk about the Kyrie and how he actually got traded to a rival team, yeah. Boston, for Isaiah, and the Isaiah Thomas story all together, you see, one, there is really no loyalty in any kind of um, American-made sport. Yeah. right? But the reality is, isn't life about being loyal to self? But the problem becomes when African-Americans are just loyal to self, we continue overall to go down the dark path of destruction because we don't have any systems that maintain us. We don't have any structures that maintain us. We don't have no communities that are flourishing that can um, withstand individualism. We have individuals that say... I'm going to get out the hood. I'm not going to help rebuild the hood. Yeah. Then you have certain individuals that say, hey, look at this gold mine. And that's developers. And they're usually white. And then they come gentrify. Well, they're just area. not black. Yeah. And, and for sure that they come gentrify the community. They allow crime to increasingly go high to where it not only freezes out the black folks, but it freezes the white folks. It creates this fear factor. And when you have this fear factor, when you got black, Latino, whoever's in the community, you say, I just want to be f- safe. I, 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 Please keep me protected. Guess what they do? They get law enforcement. Law enforcement cleans up. Then it becomes gentrified. So when you look at us as a whole, the individual thing is not working for us. It's working for a selective group. But overall, nobody wants to play the game as a team sport, yeah. everyone wants to play this game so far as I'm seeing more recently in the black community as I got to get mine, you got to get yours. So there's really like whoever, especially that we're dealing with white supremacy, whoever's giving me the, the higher paycheck and it's usually master, a.k.a. daddy daycare, you're going to have blacks leaning more to that side. Like I really do want to focus on black issues, but I might lose my job. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Or even that's just a better paying job. Exactly. Or it's like I've got so many people that will send me stuff in my inbox like, hey, Barry, what do you think about that? And asking me to go share this shit. And I think in my head, like, why do I got to be the black vigilante on everything? Why don't you share it? Because they're because not trying to be the angry Negro at their job. There you go. So <laughs> as an individual, um, the sad part about it and some of those great um, brothers that you brought up, Malcolm, Martin, we love them as soon as they go and we start understanding who and what they really were about and what they yeah. were doing. So we don't embrace that. And I think that with black folks, when you look at the Colin Kaepernick thing as well, you're going to love him a little bit later down the line. But right now, a lot of us are confused. But 
there is hope because we see some folks waking up. But I still think, bottom line, that if we don't correct ourselves economically, we're not going to go anywhere. Okay, because and that's a good point. Because what made me think about those questions, and and you answered it answered it well. Because I think we, I agree with that. I think we are a bunch of free agents now. And and Deion Sanders. And but when it came to the opposite side of that, is is that another question I was thinking in my head is, uh, who historically was was rewarded for racial loyalty? Like what black person? Is, when we could think back in American history, House Negro. My point, yeah. Who, because, because we, because, we, let's be real. When we talk about stuff, we want to call folks out for being coons. Yeah. We want to call people out for being sellouts. We want to yeah. call people out for not being down, for not being real. But historically, we haven't rewarded the ones who were willing to fall on the sword. No, not at all. We, the ones who was willing to be on the front line, take the first brick or the first bullet. Mm-hmm. You know, we that we didn't rally behind them. Exactly. Like I said, we appreciate them when they're gone. Yeah, because. Martin, Malcolm, uh, Huey, uh, Bobby Seale. Uh, all these dudes died broke. I think Bobby Seale is still alive. Bobby, Bobby, Bobby's oh, still alive. Bobby, yeah. still, Bobby, yeah. oh, where's Bobby now? Last, uh, I, I just, I, I yeah, just yeah, see yeah. him, man. He's still alive. Uh, Huey. Uh, but Huey died, to be honest with you, the way Huey died was a dope feat. Yeah, so I'm saying, but when we look at who's taking care of us, the, the ones of us who sit there and say, well, how come we don't band together? How come we don't stand up? How come we don't do that? It's not coincidence, I think, that we're at a place now where we're a culture of free agents because we don't rep the ones who rep the team. Yeah. You know, because I, I look at that and I look, you take a Colin Kaepernick. That's a perfect example. You take a dude who's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to go out there and really risk it all. And you know he probably talked to a bunch of his boys as well before he did it. Yeah, because people forget when he was in San Francisco and he started kneeling, he wasn't the only player. Yeah. So <laughs> he, he had more that got on board. And then he yeah. had another, some of them got tapped by the agent. Uh, talk about you going to F up this paper. Exactly. Uh, so, I mean, so you get a dude like Collins. So we'll use him as a great example because he's on Front Street. And this is a dude who, who stepped out there who said, you know, I'm standing up for these people. He's not even saying me because people make the argument, how can you make so much money and say that you're oppressed, which is garbage. But but if you're making... your boy, Jason Whitlock. uh, Oh, shoot, man. You kind of look like him in a picture, too. Uh, That needed some work. (laughs) But they just say we all look alike. We all look alike. Um, But so he's out there and more or less willing to... And I'm not even going to say throw away his career... I think he was willing to pay for the struggle with his career in the beginning because there's no because he knew because they pulled him aside and said, if you keep this up, if you keep talking, you know, it's over. Right. Yeah, this is about to happen. Yeah. So it wasn't like uh, I I didn't you know, how do we get here? He was pulled aside. He knew and he was willing to pay for his his pay for the struggle with his career. Yeah. Like slide the card. And since then. Uh, he keeps getting downplayed for the movement. You got people who are coming up and recognizing other players, but what will happen is, is that it won't benefit him. Yeah. Like his career will be over. Yeah. And some things may be acknowledged later, but he is going to be one of those that get put in the category. He's going to be a sacrificial lamb. Yeah, he's going to be put in the category of another group of uh, of men who were not rewarded for the struggle. Yeah. And it's not like it's a payday, but if you think about it, like how we got here. That that's so much of a practice that we we want to call out the folks who 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 are doing it for money, you know. Uh, what was what was dude said? One movie, uh, Low Down Dirty Shame. Remember Keenan Ivory yeah, Wayne's movie, yeah. and he had Charles S. Dutton was the guy, the, the cop yeah, agent yeah, that was yeah, with yeah, him, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and Keenan hit him with shame, hit him with the you you, you so you sold us out, and and he hit him with with Kid Rubber. It's not about selling out; it's about getting paid. Yeah. And there's a lot of us that subscribe to that. Well, I believe one of the worst things that happened in, for black people ever was when the NIGA got money. When okay. he was able to be who he was or she was and get rich. Once they gave the Negro the keys to the car and say, yo, drive. Uh, 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 you know, run out the gas and we're going to fill you back up. Yeah. That became the turning point because once you now validate behavior with a check, you got everybody running say, I'm going to do the same thing. Yeah. Because once upon a time, there was a structure in the black community. There was 
individuals that like for instance right now being a dope fiend is a cool thing yeah being a junkie right now is, is what's cool it's it's hit. you know Perkins like said. literally i think <laughs> yeah. i saw a chris brown uh single or uh I, i'm sure it's not his album cover and i hope to god it's not but it had skulls it had pills all over and it was like him bragging Looking about like an old eminem album cover yeah <laughs> him bragging about doing drugs like bragging about that. Yeah. But there'll be a stadium that's going to be packed with people listening to him. So when the Negro was allowed, or excuse me, the NIWGA was allowed to get that paper, whether it was sports, whether it was in music, get that long money, not yeah. that short term money, that long money without having to check in or without having to feel accountable for any of his actions, yeah. that threw us more out the loop. Because now that you have all this money, you don't got to be accountable to the community. You ain't got to be accountable to your brothers and sisters. You ain't got to be accountable to anyone that looks like you. You are now accountable to people that fix your tax your, your tax bracket. Yeah. And more likely, individuals, when you get that money, why would you stay in the same place where you know these people are just like vultures and they see you and they're going to rob you? I'm going to go to the house in the hills. Yeah, that was something even Pac said that he hated while he was alive as he started to become successful. He said, I, I can move to, to the white area and I feel uncomfortable and yeah. feel trapped because I'm around all these white people. Nobody looks like me. He said, but I can't live where I came from because I have so much and they have so little. They always going to try to rob me. Look at the success rate of artists that still try to be hood and how long they last without being able to convert. Just recently, and, and shouts out to the homeboy, uh, you know, Keith the Sneak. My brother, you know, worked with the artist, you know, did a lot of work with him when I was in the music game. He got shot up yeah, um, again. And, and yeah, in Richmond. This time yeah. it's, it's real serious. So he's fighting. Um, we're hoping for a, a speedy recovery yeah. for my brother and hopefully everything goes good. I mean, I think it's like we're at day three of him still fighting. And yeah, hopefully still everything. In, still yeah, he's still there. Is. I'm just hoping that, you know, he gets right. But again, perfect example. Here's a legend. Here's a, a Bay Area icon, literally. Yeah. And I would say we could argue, of course, uh, a, a music icon and rap because Bay Area doesn't really get its propers and they'll never really appreciate what Keith did. Yeah, but, but we're here in Northern California. Yes, He's a legend out for here. for sure in Northern California yeah. and very influential in the rap game, period. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just be honest. Where you have him rolling the way he's rolling, Negroes don't respect the fact that he's uh, done so much for the game. He's just another number. That's the part that is scary. Even when the Negro gets money, you are still a target if you still are moving in certain lanes. So with Kaepernick looking at his situation, he becomes a target because if you don't have all of your brothers banning and saying, this is what we're all going to do because yeah. they are ready to risk it all. You don't have the strength and numbers that you need, but what ends up happening with the NFL and how they've played themselves is instead of just finding some team to just bury them on the bench, saying, hey, uh, 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 you know, well, Tampa Bay is pretty good right now, so you can't say Tampa Bay, but like the L.A. Rams, yeah. hey, do us a favor. Get them on your squad. Keep them there. <laughs> let them play. Cut him. You know what I'm saying? You cut them. Do whatever. Yeah, because people keep talking about exactly. all the horrible QBs you to replace, on, but it's the opposite. You keep on bringing and igniting this shitstorm of people now consciously waking up. Why? Because now, effectively, social media is on everybody's head. Yeah. And in the simple fact, people are waking up and, and, and getting pressure from other sides and saying, well, I am on the wrong side of history. Yeah. So, and since individualism in a black community, it definitely hurts in the beginning, and sometimes it hurts at the end, but somewhere down that line, folks start to wake up. Some, hopefully for Kaepernick, it's not too late, but folks start to wake up and understand. Like, if we take this stuff on as letting this guy be an individual, it might be me next. And I think with this Kaepernick thing, we're seeing that, that individuals is like, well, shoot, how about if I do something wrong? Yeah, because the issue, so a good example of that was the Cleveland Browns. So, coach of the Cleveland Browns. We had our huge. first white boy that, that, that uh, yeah. took a knee, right? Well, along with that is that Hugh 
came, the coach came out the week before Cooning. and saying that I don't think any of my guys are are on that. You know he's like, gonna get fired after this year, right? Yeah, well, I mean they're gonna go two and fourteen, so he's getting fired anyway. <laughs> but it, you know he he came out speaking. You know none of my guys is gonna gonna do that. We don't do that around here. This isn't one of our concerns. We're just gonna focus on football. And then the very next week, twelve of his players took a knee more than any team in the league. I loved it. Came out and, and the groundbreaking part. So you had uh, you had a white football player. So the second part. So Chris Long, who was the son of Howie Long. Yeah, he spoke out. So he spoke out uh, in the game. I guess the day before. Yeah. And so he came out and stood next to his brother because if you don't Howie Long, you know uh, Fox or you know yeah. if if, you, if you're not as long in the tooth, you may not remember him as a football player. They yeah. probably just know him from the Fox that desk. That dude's a beast. You know uh, Howie and and uh, Terry and, and all them. But yeah, he was a beast when he played for the Raiders. And in Oakland, and even, I think he was even in the during part of the L.A. Yeah, yes, and so of that era, he was surrounded by none of the black players. Yeah. You know, it, right now, he only only, you know, oh, Terry Bradshaw. So, he, you know, when he works over at Fox, he's been immersed within black people for the last 40 years. Yeah. So his sons are the same. Yeah. And his sons are, are from Charlottesville. So when all that stuff happened out there, that's where they went to school. Like, wow. that's where they're from. So it was personal to him. So the the next day, this is where we get to Cleveland, is that a uh, white player, and I no disrespect, I don't recall his name off the top of my head, yeah. and he came out and he stood next to uh, the, the brothers who were taking a knee, and he was saying, you know, this touched him, I'm standing with my brothers, and when they interviewed him after, he was he's married to, to a black woman. Okay. And so he said, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a husband, he said, but I'm going to be raising children who don't look like me, huh. you know? I have sons in this world. They're going to be, for all intents and purposes, black. Yeah. So how can I stand by and and act like this isn't an issue when in 15 years this is going to be my issue? And and you know the you let's let let's just keep this in full content, bro. Yeah. We are having a disagreement about an anthem and a flag that most of us don't feel represents what it truly is supposed to stand for. Yeah. Like, not Kaepernick raping someone, not him having several DUIs, not him killing anyone. Not him getting a jaywalking ticket. We're talking about... <laughs> you know, but, but keep it real, like we ain't got a jaywalking ticket. Th- and this is how petty when we have number 45, a.k.a. the pussy grabber, one, not denouncing his cohorts. Yeah. Two, creating mass confusion. He can easily, with his words, instead of declaring we all must come together and stop this divide, could have easily, when he sat there and spoke upon the Latinos, fixed it with, hey, I'm not going to build a wall like that. I was just talking crazy. I don't, I apologize. Da, 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 yada, yada. But he continues to keep the oh, record. That paperwork is, is going through the House of Representatives next. I know. Yeah. And, and and then he makes a statement like America, let's make America great again. That to me is more offensive than someone not standing up to a flag. Stop pretending that America is such this patriotic, could do no wrong country when the stability and the nature and the foundation and I say stability the stability of America is based off racism yeah and it's a racist uh, undertone from the anthem to the flag to the slave owners and the rapists that signed the constitutions the declarations the Bill of Rights whatever it was it had nothing that it was for black people or people of color. So when we sit here and really look at the content of this, yeah. of how shallow minded and how petty a lot of these white owners are, because and some of these white fans and these patriotic fans yeah. to make it seem as if this guy is doing anything wrong when you're moving away from what the subject of reasons why he is doing this to bring attention, you get to see an uglier face of America and I have a problem with that because it's really not that deep. If he wants to not stand up, then let him not stand up, especially when we both know that at the end of the day that the uh, military 
use this as a as a device and yeah. is paying the NFL to do certain things like this to keep it going. Yeah, that happened after uh, I believe it was 2009. Yes, they they started as almost a form of a kickback to uh, and help out enlistment and and to, for for a campaign. But uh, something going along with with what you're saying. So something that Skip Bayless uh, from Undisputed with him and him and Shannon Sharp. And something that he said that I hadn't really thought about, but really made sense when they were addressing that once. And he was saying, because, you know, Shannon gets real passionate. Like when, when Shannon get out there, you know, he really talked like he ain't, he ain't worried about getting fired. Yeah. Like like that's the brother who speaks like I don't need this check. So if you go and go ahead and let me go, I'm going to speak my mind. Uh, and Skip had said something that I thought was interesting. And he said that, that where. He said, he said, this is just my white guy talking, so this is my perspective, whatever. He said, I think where the, the disconnect is, is that for black people, we're not 100% bought in on that because we're knowledgeable about the history. So like, it, it just doesn't carry the same weight to the bulk. Now, of course, you can always find exceptions, so that's not, not going to go here nor, here nor there. But what he said, the difference is, he said, the way that white people view patriotism, that regardless of what your meaning is, Regardless of what your fight is, what your cause is, even if you're right, anything that even looks disrespectful to that national anthem or to that flag will be drowned out because the white association with patriotism is so deep that way. You know, like you can it's almost like to a devout Christian, if they watched you break up a crucifix. Now, if you're not a Christian, it's just two sticks together and it means nothing to you. But if you find a devout Christian and let you set a cross on fire oh, or just break one up and a little yeah. piece and throw in the garbage, they either break down and cry because their soul is hurt or they may want to kill you. Yeah. Like it, he was, it's just like that that lane for a lot of especially older. And we, when we talk about NFL owners, we're talking about 70 plus. Yes. So well, just, you know, because some people, they they get caught up in the generation gap. They keep thinking, well, you know, I'm not like that or my dad may not be. We're talking about your grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> and grandpa came up in a completely different system. Yeah. And so, you know, he was like, he said, when it comes to older white folks, he said, anything that has to do with that flag or that national anthem, it doesn't matter if you're right. It doesn't matter if your cause is just. It will never be heard because of that particular way it's being protested. And also because of the blood that has been shed because of that delusion of we fought for freedom. And that's how they play, the mind games that they play. And we believe that white folks is is out of their mind with just patriotism. Negroes is just so emotional about every goddamn thing, right? So you got the patriot, patriotic white folk and you just got the emotional Negro that just be tripping off of just the littlest of things. Because we will easily get stuck back into what they display for us, even though we know the shit is shitty. Yeah. Like, ah, okay, I'm supposed to get a dollar fifty, but they gave me fifty cents. So I'm just gonna be okay with that instead of fighting for the whole dollar fifty. Instead when you're told, well, that fifty cent is better than nothing, and then you start doing that that math. But something that you were saying when it comes to, to the, the delusional part about patriotism, something that also uh brother Tariq Nasheed, something that, that he had said, also another thing I never really thought about. But when you take it in the frame of how the society works, it makes sense. This is that uh, that within this system, white people believe that they own the way that patriotism can be expressed. Yeah. So totally agree. However, that system has viewed this is what shines and showing patriotism is. That's what it is. Anything outside of that, it's either it's either it's acceptable. Like we'll accept that as a form of it. Or it's not. Yeah. But this is the lane that we've decided. This is what patriotism is. It's standing for the flag. It's putting your hand over your heart. Yes. It, it's saluting, taking your hat off. Yes. Anything outside, like if you just stand without your hand in your heart, we'll accept it. Yeah. If you, you put your hand on your heart, but you don't sing along, we'll accept, accept it. it. But anything that goes against standing, hand on the heart, or saluting, is 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 you can't be patriotic by their definition. Because they feel they wrote the definition of what patriotism expression is. I wonder if a gay white man or gay white woman did this first, would it be this much heat? If uh, okay, so 
Depend. No. Well, so here's the thing. If 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 uh, I think we might even talk about this all there. I may sound some may just in my head. If a gay player, what's his name? Sam. What's his name? Marcus Sam. Michael Sam. Who's the guy that That's Rams? A black gay. No, no, no. But I'm yeah. I'm just saying. So if a guy, just for an example. So if a guy like him who was openly outwardly gay, like not a clock, because there's probably at least twenty percent of the league is closet, yeah. and then another ten or fifteen percent experimental. But if you take, if it was a dude like Sam who came out before the draft was blatantly outwardly gay if he said because so good point the issue that just happened in in st louis where a transgender black woman was shot was killed by the uh st louis police department and so had it been an issue like that and say he's a white player openly gay says i don't like the way that uh the lbgt community has been treated by law enforcement so i'm going to take a knee the Patriot, there would have been the first wave would have been he's anti-patriotic. But the second part would have been the history of LBGT backlash by the military, the don't ask, don't tell, all that stuff would have superseded that because it would have been justified. Oh, you're just you're just saying this. He's not patriotic because you don't like gay people. Yeah. But and you can see people who could make that argument back and forth, but you won't get people who say, I'm not saying he's anti-patriotic. I just don't like black people. I just think that really, one, I think that any black person, gay or not, it wouldn't have flown. It wouldn't have flown at all. White gay? Eh, then I think it would be a different story. Yeah, I, 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 I honestly believe this whole Kaepernick thing based, is based on power. And the power of Negro, we're giving you enough. Shut your mouth up and don't be heard. Stay right where you need to be. That's bottom line. Because when you look at American history, right? The tobacco industry. The cotton industry. Are you getting a check from um, Haynes? No. Fruit of Balloons? Philip Morris ain't cut me no check. What about Newport? Nope. Marlboro? All the same company. Okay. <laughs> but what I'm, yeah, just I don't saying, know what I'm saying. Yeah, there ain't nobody... Drop no new car off. Ain't nobody just said, hey, but let me knock out this mud bill. But, 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 but shouldn't the ancestor descendants of slaves, shouldn't we probably get a kickback? Since that was some of the major, you know what I'm saying? What built America. These things, that was the major industry yeah. that built this, this, this capitalist society and... You have more people willing to forget about that part, but you have more people willing to say, well, because you have an opportunity to play this great game, you should be thankful and happy. When in reality, I am appreciative of this, but there's things going on that y'all are definitely not hearing the people on the ground. So I got to let y'all hear and feel me. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to play in the emotions of the people and say, I'm not going to stand or sit. I'm not going to do whatever. I'm going to, I guess, in your eyes, disrespect this flag, but it's not meaning the same thing that it means for you. And I think that when we deal with these situations, it is okay. And I want everyone to hear this that's listening. It's okay to be different. It's okay for us to disagree. We don't have to like the same things. Why does it have to be a moment to where it's like, well, no, you have to just because it's a symbol that you feel something about and feel some way and have some emotional connection to or feel like it it um, um, it's symbolic to something where I may not feel that way. And I have the right to say, I don't really feel like that. Like I have the right if they're praying to say, "Eh, don't really want to pray. It should be my right to say that if I'm not feeling it, you cannot convince me and try to coerce me or make me feel bad or blackball me because I've pushed an issue. And I think that is always the reason why race will be a problem, because honestly, honestly, white folks don't get it and blacks don't want to do enough about it. And when I say that whites don't get it, because if you are telling me that you don't think there's a problem with Black folks walking around here with no kind of reparations, no kind of kickback, even though people argue with me sometimes about the Indians and, well, not all Indians have it. I don't care. There's some Indian tribes that got kickbacks on these goddamn fucking casinos. We don't have a kickback on anything. You you can't say that, 
Okay, maybe all whatever fifty-two tribes didn't get it, but thirty-seven did. But you know what, you know what I'm saying? saying? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. literally, bro. There's not even a plan. You can't even say that there's. There's not even conversation. Two black dudes didn't get nothing. Yeah. There's not even a conversation, and here we are on major industries that strived off the black, the blood, the sweat, the tears, the genocide, the rape, the killing of our people, and. It's just like you. We're wearing the under rules right now, and no one cares about that. But yet, still, folks are focusing on a fucking flag. Okay, so I think that I don't think it's a question of of like white awareness is white what? Oh, white awareness. Fuck up. No, no, no. White awareness in the sense of uh, how much you pay attention. So it goes in with the dude from Cleveland. So something writing. Uh, I'll, I'll shoot it over to blackblueprints.com. It'll be at a moment with morris.com too. So something work right now. Now. Okay. And it's. Uh, oh, thank you. Finally. I'll shoot it to you. And it's. Uh, five months. The way I'm working on it, it's a affected affection. Okay. So, it, the the whole thing of what are you aware of, is it relative to your life? So the dude who plays for Cleveland, he's got affected affection. Because he's married to a black woman, he's going to have black children. Yeah. So I'm going to be affected by this. Yeah. Therefore, I'm showing that affection to my fellow players because this is going to directly hit my household. Yep. You know, um, the, Chris Long, Howie's uh, son, Kyle Long's brother, he grew, he, he played, he went to school in, in Charlottesville. Yeah. Like he knew when they were showing the news stuff, he knew that intersection. Like he knew, like I'm saying, he was affected by it. It directly affected his life. So there was the affection and the appreciation. There are a lot of white people. We've kind of done these numbers thing on a previous podcasts. There's roughly, you know, 48 million black Americans. So across the, a nation of almost 350 million people, about, about 48 million black people. Just to put that in perspective, there's roughly 53 million Californians. If you took every black American and put them in the state of California, I was joking, said you got to borrow five million Mexicans to make up the difference. There's just not that many of us. So when you scatter us nationwide across 50 states, there are a lot of white people that in their day to day life don't have an interpersonal relationship with a black person. Don't have to deal. There's somebody who may work down the hall. There's the dude who works at the store. There may be a waitress at their diner. Yes. But when it comes to a personal relationship of I know they wife, he knows my husband, our kids play with each other. There are millions and millions of white Americans who have no direct A to B with black people. White folks don't have to have black management if they don't no. want to. So why I say the affected affection that it's not necessarily if there's a white when you ask a white person, is there a race issue in America in their world? No, because it doesn't <laughs> affect because I had this conversation with my brother and, and one of my brothers, uh, he, he him and his wife, they got eight kids between the two of them and he, he worked for UPS. And I was making the comment to him about how he lives in an analog world. Like as opposed to digital, like, you know, all the new stuff. He don't know nothing about that. Either he's raising little kids or he works in a job that's you know factory based, yeah. you know. And so I said, there's all kind of things that go on in day to day life that just don't affect you. Yeah. He's like, he don't care what Snapchat is. You know, he don't care about, you know, new apps for this. Or the new, it has nothing to do with his 24 hours. There are a lot of white Americans who that's the case. Black struggle has literally <laughs> nothing to do with how they spend 24 hours out the day. But I also will challenge you on that. I feel a lot of black folks are feeling that same way. Well, and that's, that's where, where we go into the free agency. That's where I was going with that. So if you take all these millions, and I'm not, it's not the small town, middle America. No, cross the board. M millions upon millions of, of, of white Americans don't have a personal relationship with black people. They just don't. So if they're removed, that's why I say the white awareness, it's not necessary because they're not personally affected. So they're out the game in the sense of they don't have a horse in this race. So unless you're saying or doing something that then does affect them, like, OK, well, he's disrespecting the flag. Oh, my dad served or he's anti-law enforcement. Well, my brother's a, a, a CHP. I don't like that guy. I don't like what he's about because he's talking about stuff that personally affects me. So you have a percentage of the population that either is neutral or has a negative connotation to him because they don't feel his pain. They just don't like his method. So when you move all those people to one side, that's what we're not in the room for free agency. 
because when you take such a small percentage, you know, 12 percent, what roughly whatever it is that we make up of the United States, uh, we need all 12 percent. We need it all. We, 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 need, we, all. Need, we need all 12 percent. Well, I, I don't think that also when we talk about separating division, we talk about that aspect. There's so many different groups. Yeah. There's this Negro, the Negro elite, the Negro athlete, the Negro entertainer. Uh, the Negro in the hood, the Negro just trying to get by, the Negro in politics. It's all the Negro in church, the fraternity Negroes. We have all these different subgroups. We don't all come together with one solid conditioned plan. Jews do it. Asians do it. Indians do it. They all do it. Somehow, some way. That does not mean they don't disagree. They do. But they figure out a way to understand that at the end of the day, our survival means more where with us, it's, again, free agency. I got to get mine. You got to get yours. And also, like, it's it's tough sometimes to be in this position of blackness. Okay. Because when you're in this position of blackness and you're doing so much pushback, you definitely understand that, one, unless something hits and something clicks, right? You're not going to get the amounts of money. Now, if you're a lecturer, okay, you'll probably make a little bit yeah, of Yeah, you bread. can tour. You can make money. But at the end of the day... Slanging books, DVDs, lecturing. If DVDs. you're a lecturer that's dangerous like a Martin and a Malcolm, that's I think, is a different kind of lecturer. And regardless of all the lecturers that we have, and there are some phenomenal ones, I don't think there's a, those ones that really push the issue and really are on the meter. I'm, they're definitely being checked out. But I feel like there's not that person that could really and has really called upon individuals to really stand and deliver and do for self as much as we've had in the past. And I think it's because... Most individuals could go to that lecture and still be comfortable because they got the Lexus in the front uh, front uh, yard. They got the beautiful wife inside and they literally can go to places where they white folks might not like them, but they're not going to say nothing. You get yeah. what I'm talking about? So I think that we're more comfortable in this position that we're in, even though it's still as work bad as it was before because it's it's not blatantly in our face. Yeah, it's just covert racism. Covert racism. Yeah. So in a sense that we're now we're like trying to pretend, yeah, everything is cool because hey, I can drink a sun kiss with Bob. But the reality is when it comes down to what do you have? Well Bob has this and your people don't have that. And then you try to alienate yourself from that. And the cold thing about black people, we alienate ourselves because We've always had that back and forth. You and I, we're well-rounded men, but no one would consider us hood. Yeah. So of us not be considered hood, people would look at us as square. I know I'm not a square at all because I've done a lot of different things. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But I am not this hood brethren, so it's not going to give me my hood pass. Yeah. Even though I have knowledge and I've done a lot of hood things. So in a sense of what we do as black folks... We alienate ourselves and put ourselves in such boxes and we we are so emotionally attached to when a white person says, hey, guys, guess what? You guys should be proud to be black. Seriously, compared to when a black person is saying you should be proud to be black. They're like, "Okay, whatever. I'm American, too. You you know what I'm talking about? So all lives matter. Yeah. Like we (laughs) have a very. uh, uh, problematic situation because it's going to get to a point that we're going to have to stall out the oppressor and all come together. And I'm not saying come together for Charlestonville, uh, Charlottesville, excuse me. I mean, come together in a sense to where we're really making a knock in some of their infrastructure that they need us a lot more than we necessarily need them. Yeah. And and we have to understand that. Like these sports would not be moving and running without us. Yeah. I, I okay, so going with that, so I guess maybe two things that pop in my head. So one, is it necessarily a question that we have that we are a culture of free agents, or is it just simply uh we don't believe in the team. So we're just so think, we don't believe in the team. So so think like the Titanic is going down and we're just looking for the first lifeboat yep, that can get comes. on. Whomever supplies it, 
Get on. If all of a sudden, <laughs> if, if, if Javier supplies the lifeboat, we're pro-Latino. If, I saw if, the, if Singh supplies yeah. the boat, we, we all Listen, about that Wu-Tang. We are <laughs> going to wait here until that first girl that says, hey, comes in that door and we're going instead of waiting and seeing what else comes out. We're taking the first option on the table. But the, the cold part about it, we allow ourselves to allow people to come into our, our, our places of business, our places of creation when we cultivate things and we put things out there and I'll say hip hop being one of the main things, one of the last remaining things black people really like centered out and created. Yeah. We allow people to come in there. They, they, they come to our house. They're changing the, the, where the couch is. They're, they're putting pictures over here. They're adding this new closet space over yeah. there. They're doing whatever they want to do in our house. We allow that all we're, the time. We're just proud that they came into our house. We're just proud they came in and wow, they actually you came to my house. Yes, and they wow. actually said, "Hey, can I get a drink?" And you think, "Yeah." What do you think you want? We accept so much fuckery from others, but we are so hard up on ourselves. So I agree with you, and I think something that we don't take into perspective. So kind of what you were saying about how other groups need us more than we need them. Well, I mean, I think that yes. there's well, I think that there's an an economic side. If you're not somebody who gets caught up in the motion of the feeling, just doing the numbers. It, the reason why, you know, black people own less than two percent of all resources, businesses, real estate industry in the United States of America. We're, we spend over a trillion dollars uh, in this in a, a 12 month cycle. The, the, the perspective to take in is that we are still sustaining, maybe not thriving in this economy and in this system. but We are sustaining with less than 2% of all the wealth, resources, businesses, access, and opportunities. Like, if you really wrap your brain around the idea of you have less than 2%, and yet you still figure out a way to create and to advance in certain areas and to still sustain, imagine what you could do with 5%. Imagine what you could do with 10%. So I'm saying, so when it comes to, you know, how can we make the shift is that we spend that trillion dollars. So we have less than 2%. That means 98 point whatever goes in the hands of every other person. Yeah, but I think that what we get so in love with is the sustaining. Well, yeah, but, but I'm saying, so if, if if we're trying to get to the point of being back on board with the team, if it's not a free agency issue, it's an issue that we don't belong, we don't we don't believe in the team. We play for the Cleveland Browns and we just know this organization ain't going to do ish with us. We, you know, if it's like, okay. We, we're, we're figuring out a way to go four and 12 by not practicing, uh, not even wearing pads and helmets to games, and nobody knows the playbook. Not we're, only that. We're still figuring out a way to be three and 13. Four, so imagine if we started practicing. Imagine if we started trusting the coach. That's what I'm saying. Like, imagine we, if we started trusting the plays. Start learning the plays. Just, 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 just actually studying the plays. And that's the thing Running that we the don't route. do. That's what I'm saying. So I'm, we got a bunch of Deion Sanders and De, uh, Des, Des Bryant's out there, man. Well, I think the difference with that is, is that uh, you take Deion. Deion was about himself, like his his personal shine, but Deion was about winning. So he was about the team winning. And then, uh, you know, what I'm saying. So he was he was like, if Deion was like, if I'm here, we I didn't come here to lose. Yeah. So we need to win because he used to talk to the folks that was playing other positions who weren't doing right. Like, hey. I didn't come here for this. Yeah, but at the same time, we don't do that. We say, I don't care what you do. Yes, I'm out. I'm <laughs> out. I'm here. I'm doing what I'm gonna do for myself. Yeah, we we on we that. We are about selfishism. The hey, selfishism hey. that we got, man. Your teammate have 15 turnovers. Yeah, but I got 40. Exactly. Like we on. <laughs> why are you saying something to me about my? We three? on I that old school Marbury, right? Like I never understood Marbury. Why would you leave Kevin uh, Garnett? You know what I'm talking about? Like these things that be happening, even with Kyrie. It's like, okay, well, how bad really was it with you and LeBron? From the stories I heard, that was pretty bad. But at the same time, it's like, okay, from the stories you heard, it was pretty bad. But you guys won a championship together. Still. Still. Just, I understand why LeBron left D-Wade and Chris Bosh. It was it was coming to an end. Well, no, nah, but I, I just without even going deeper on that, he, he was he was on the block. He They were trading so his thing was right after they won the finals, they tried to trade him. The trail, the trade didn't go through. They went back and had to trade him again. 
And that trade didn't go through because there was the team wanted a little bit more than they wanted to give. Everybody cleared the trade. And then the last trade was if LeBron had agreed to stay, they'd have traded him. If they could have got LeBron to commit to staying long term, Kyrie was traded that day. LeBron wouldn't give him that long term commitment. So they held off because they were like, "Mm, I can't lose both of you. That trade got back to Kyrie. He's like, y'all have been trying to get rid of me since we won the championship. And then you are saying that you my boy and you look at me dead in the eyes and you don't say nothing to me. Like I in that case, if you're like, if I show up to work every day and I keep hearing that you've been, that everybody is actively trying to fire me. I get it. I'm out. Like, and that, and that, right that's there, why I say that. that that's, and that right there with millionaires who got all the money, access, power in the world that they need, they will ever need. They can't get along. Yeah. What you think a bunch of hungry motherfucking lions in the same cage are going to do? See, I think that's you. I, th- I think you can get different. I think that. See, this is the problem. Struggle brings some people together. Because if you take like why Jews in America are so tight is because after that Holocaust, they were dealing with a, a, a faction of people that literally tried to wipe them off the face of the earth. Like they're the ones who made it, who survived. They're like they they literally wanted us off the earth. So you had Jewish people who had never seen each other before, never met each other, didn't know nothing about each other except the fact that they were Jewish. And you know what? They bonded together. And the fact that we've been taught our history so incorrectly from even the enslavement to what we can argue from really believing that these slave owners had some kind of compassion for us and the fact that we celebrate Slave owners and rapists are presidents. They have holidays, and and now everyone's in this big Confederate uh, uh, monument. Let's take this. Let's yeah. take that. Guess what? I don't give a fuck about you. Keep all them up. You know what I want? Hand me my motherfucking reparations check. Yeah, that ain't coming. But I'm just being no, honest. No, I, so I, like, I if it. we're gonna do all of that, so evidently y'all feeling like y'all did. There was something wrong about this, right? Yeah. Give me my check. I don't care. Nothing. You can keep the... Y'all can wave the Confederate flag all day long as part of your heritage. Good. Give me a check. That's all I care about. So, I just have an issue with us constantly allowing things to interfere with the mission at hand. And that mission at hand is collectively coming together and building our own infrastructure, collectively coming together and supporting individuals when they laid on the line. Stop always being frustrated and and getting butt hurt because individuals think differently than you. If it all makes sense for the build of the community, let's all figure a way to let bygones be bygones and work. Because I think that something that goes with that we talked about before, like who benefited from being racially loyal? Yes. Nobody. Like, you know, when you when you put it on the line for the team, you, you get the shaft. But, Charles Barkley benefits from okay, being no, racially. No, no, but, but that, that was my next point. I'm saying look at all the people who benefit from being racially disloyal. Yeah. So if I'm telling you, if you're if you pull a Kaepernick where you're willing to risk it all, you just gonna have to give it up. Like he, he you know, he like I say he didn't lose his, his job in the NFL. He paid for the struggle with it. You know, he took his, his his livelihood card and slid it and said, this is the cost for the struggle. I right, run that card. He paid for the struggle with his career. But if you look at all the people out there who are literally getting paid to be disloyal, <laughs> paid to be that dude who's in the crowd with Trump talking about, you know, blacks for Trump and Trump in 2020, you know, paid to be the ones that come out and denounce Brothers coming together and and instead, like I said, they're dudes who are literally getting. Hey, look, we need you to uh, get out there because we need we need to get in front of this. You can tell them PD conversations with them, them program directors. Look, okay, we need to get ahead of this. Yeah, we can see we're starting to get some issues. We need somebody that the people can and, relate to. And, 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 Come and, on, Ray. And then and then, <laughs> there's not enough black rage on certain things. ESPN puts out an episode that's basically like a. Uh, the the, the, slave, the slave auction the slave auction for fantasy I don't, football I don't freaking care if there were some white players on it we know what that means we know get out the movie get out it was the same scene show that scene it was the same scene and and it made everyone flash back and then you got certain negroes always saying certain slick shit 
And you ask yourself, like, how is this motherfucker even walking? Like, who is in his family? Like, how is this Negro not getting checked? And, and then... Well, the answer to that is, is that he's the one who keeps the lights on. Keeps the lights on. Then you have a constant uh, array of disrespect towards our women, to our towards our kids, towards our men. It comes to a point that black folks, if we don't man up, get together, be accountable... Stop allowing daddy daycare to dictate everything that we do, everything we say. Stop continuing to bring individuals in our struggle. Stop trying to uh, create all this, these allies, and they now mix the struggle into a something that they want to just tag on. Because get guarantee you, uh, uh, the gay rights struggle would have been nothing for a civil rights struggle had it not come before, right? And our civil rights struggle should have never been about civil rights. What's civil? It should have been about human rights. It was humans being freaking murdered, being hung. And I think, again, going into the fact that we have incorrect um, a history analysis on what and why we're at this point, Jews are being taught every day. Accurately. Accurately. What went down? No shade about it. Where the Negro, again, we go back to the president, we go back to just the, the, the moments of Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, Black Panthers, everything is diluted. I was taught the Black Panthers were bad. Yeah. Right? They were troublemakers. They were troublemakers. And then... The Nation then, of Islam is a hate group. Yes. And then you go into where you have these these KKK groups not not dismantled. You have silly Negroes who's walking around here like the guy you're talking about, the black, I saw him. And I'm like, is he fucking serious right now? He get, he's catching his chance. You always be able to find that one guy that's ready to sell his soul. And that becomes the Negro problem. Well, that's what I'm saying. When you talk about who benefits, dudes like that. Saying they had those two sisters who was coming out when Trump was campaigning, who were at all the rallies. There's two, two short, heavyset sisters who were pro-Trump the whole nine until he got elected. This is the dude who's out there now campaigning in Arizona. Uh, we keep selling ourselves short, you know. All this 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 free agency grab is great if you play in the league. It, it, it's horrible if you play in life. Huh. And you know about being aware of, of the stuff that's happening. We ain't gonna get the we twelve percent, and we can't do it with two. We're getting by right now off of two percent of America, two percent of the resources, two percent of the real estate, two percent of the industry. Two percent. We're getting by off of the two. We're living off of two percent. We two percent milk. Like we, we we getting by on two percent anything, like like you can't sustain like you can't make it you can't thrive, and we got to get to the point where we tap back in. And like I said, if we saw what five percent looked like, yeah. I think if Black Americans saw what five percent ownership looked like, it would go from two to five to ten to twenty. But we, I think there's not enough folks that are in those positions teaching, and I honestly believe that. We have become, I think sometimes we get, become too okay with the struggle. We become, oh, we damn sure comfortable we, with the struggle. We, we, we've become too comfortable with being resilient. Like, I, like I, it shouldn't be a comfortable feeling like, all right, you know, here's another thing. I don't want to hear that. Like, I don't want to hear, well, our, our heaven is in, in where we go to the creator. I want to get some heaven over here. Yeah, I want to be able to go to a community of black folks here in California that's fluent, just like when I go into the community of white folks or whoever that's fluent, bro. Like they got they're walking the dogs, the the park looks nice. I mean, there's no wild, mad weed being in the air. There's no, it's not a a a, 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 no, a, a noise that's filled with confusion and just distress. It's a calm, cool. Just it's a distinguished kind of feeling and and, and air yeah. <laughs> that you see it, you hear. Like I go to these PSTD. communities, bro. PSTD it's totally free. different, dog. PTSD free area, yeah. And then the fact that we can't even deal with each other to the point where if we have a disagreement, let's just talk this out. It always got to be more. It always has to go to the next level. Yeah. All the stuff that we deal with on an everyday basis with our young people. And, and, and all the, the crime that is happening. And I'm not saying other folks don't have crime, but it's highlighted so much. And if there is 2.5 million people in prison and about 1 million of those are black folk, that's an issue, man. Yeah. It's a big issue. So it's got to be time for us to strike. 
and not be okay with struggle and not be conveniently all right with just being resilient. We want to be able to flourish in this world, man. Because when we look at the, this team that we play for, and, and as much as we may all want to say we all on one team. We ain't. We may all play for the le- same league, but but the, the, there's there's teams in San Francisco, teams in Atlanta, team that there is a little bit of breakup. There's a little distinguishing difference. But the fact of the matter is, as Black Americans in here, this whole idea, this notion that everybody just wants to get their LeBron on and take care of me and my household. I'm gonna take my talents over here and kind of forget what happened to y'all. Yes, sir. I'm gonna Durant it over to Oakland and I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of me. You worry about you, and and that kind of mentality is literally killing us. That that. Though we have to start standing behind the people who are willing to risk it all for us and actually give people a reason to step on out. And we have to start doing something about the ones that do not have our future and our best history, you know, best uh, best intentions uh, within our community. The ones who are willing to sell us out. And that's the ones who are willing to sell us out on CNN versus the ones who are willing to sell us out on MTV. The ones who are willing to sell us out. On, on everything from from hip hop music to videos Shit. to movies to whatever in the streets. And I'm saying we we have to we got to start denouncing them for the damage that they're doing, and we need to start being better about supporting the ones who are trying to make positive change and make things better. Because these things are happening out here nationwide. It's not a regional thing, and and until we we get this under control, the situation is only going to get worse. Like I said, we operating off of two percent, and we we are barely getting by. Five would be a lot better, but we don't want it to get to one. Uh. So as we uh, see these things going on, we need to be proactive. We need to be involved, and we definitely need to say something. Yes, sir. I'm Jermaine Morris with Barry Axius. Where can folks find you online, sir? Barry Axius, Facebook, Twitter, Barry Axius, and How you spell Instagram. That? Barry Axius? Yeah. You guys don't know yet? B-E-R-R-Y-A-C-C-I-U-S. And um, at Instagram at Team Void, and I'm back on my Twitter hype, so follow me. I'm Jermaine Morris on Facebook. Every other social media platform is at J Morris CEO. It's been another episode of the Say Something podcast. Get better, keep. And until next show, we will holler at you later. Yes, sir.